Hi there, and welcome to Saddleback Valley Shares, the Saddleback Valley Unified School District's podcast where we'd like to keep you informed of important happenings uh, across the district. So this is Mark Perez, Director of Communications and Administrative Services, and I'm really excited about our next few podcasts that we're going to be pushing out to you. Uh, So what we've decided to do is do a four-part series where we take an in-depth look at each of our comprehensive high schools so that our listeners really get a good idea of what those schools are all about, what their identity is, and where they're at currently with um, their programs, uh, extracurriculars, and some additional information. Here I have with us today uh, Craig Collins. He's a principal at Tribuco Hills High School. Uh, Welcome, Mr. Collins, to Saddleback Valley Shares. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to be here with us. I know you got a lot going on as a high school principal, so we appreciate you sitting down with us for a few minutes. So we just want to start off with some general information for our viewers about your school, Tribuco Hills. Can you give us just some general demographic information about who you are? Yeah, we're located in the uh, northeast corner of Mission Viejo. Uh, We're the furthest north school in the district. Uh, We're about 2,790 students. Uh, We peaked at about 3,400 at one time, so uh, we've we've gotten a little bit smaller, but we still have plenty of room. Uh, The school opened in 1985, originally uh, was projected to be around 1,400 students. (laughs) So uh, going up to 34 was quite a surprise. Uh, We are the Mustangs. Uh, and our colors are dark blue and silver. Great, fantastic. Uh, what neighborhoods do you generally tend to serve? Are you like the Ranch of Santa Margarita, Foothill Ranch area, because that's where you're located in some North Mission Viejo? Is that? Yeah, we get, uh, we're a little uh, unusual in that we, we pull kids from five different areas. So 60% of our students come from Santa Margarita area. Uh, and then we uh, also have Foothill Ranch, uh, Portola Hills, uh, and we get just a, a spattering from everything. We actually get students from all four middle schools come here. Okay, fantastic. That's my next question I was going to ask, uh, which I know you get them from all the four intermediate schools. So what are the ones, the larger schools that kind of feed into you? I'm assuming it would be RSM intermediate. Yeah. RSM is the biggest one. Like I said, about 60% of our students come from RSM. Uh, and then we get a little over 100 from Serrano, uh, mostly uh, students that would live in the Portola Hills area. Uh, and uh, close to 100 from Los Alisos, and then maybe about 50 from La Paz. Okay, so like you said, you get them from everywhere. Got a little bit of everything, yeah. And it's funny when you mentioned the projections of what it was projected to house, about 1,500. You guys have blown that out of the water. Like you said, at one time, you were more than double that. Right. And that's because I'm assuming all the construction over in the Portola Hills, Foothill Ranch area, that wasn't necessarily thought out at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I can actually remember uh, my father-in-law coming home when I was working at El Toro High School and telling me that he was paving a bunch of roads out in the middle of nowhere that no one would ever use, and that became Rancho Santa Margarita. And those are the most used roads now, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay, Mr. Collins, thanks for that kind of general uh, information. Now let's get into uh, what your school's all about. So one of the primary goals of these podcasts is to really, I know each high school, each school in our district has their own kind of identity. While we're all part of the same district, each of us has our specialties and kind of what you're known for. So I wanted to start getting into that in depth. So can we start off with your academic programs? Because that's what we're all here for, academic. So what are some of your maybe specialty academic programs you hear you have here at Tribuco? Well, the, I'd say overall, probably the in all of our programs, what we're known for is we do a lot of things very well. I know a lot of schools do one or two things very well. We are really pretty broad. Uh, so we have a great program 
uh, academically for our IB students, which is International Baccalaureate. Uh, we have uh, the largest number of offerings for uh, advanced placement courses, uh, and we have tremendous success there. Our students' uh, SAT scores uh, are, are the best around. Uh, so very strong, high-end students. Uh, at the same time, we take care of a little bit of everybody. So uh, we are working on our AVID program right now. Uh, we've been doing a couple other programs, but now we've morph them into AVID to take care of that student in the middle. Uh, and so we're real excited about that. Uh, we are actually going to be what's called a AVID school-wide program. So it's not just the AVID classrooms, but the teaching strategies uh, are taught in all of our courses, uh, which is closely connected with, uh, with IB, with International Baccalaureate. Same idea of the uh, high-quality teaching uh, instruction. So that's, uh, that's part of it. Uh, and then we also uh, do a lot with our students uh, that are a little more needy. So our special needs students, we, uh, we are full inclusion in terms of we have classes available for them in all subject areas uh, where they actually become a part of the school. Uh, we have a best buddies program where they pair with uh, general ed students uh, and they're brought in as just one of the students. They're, they're not separated out or treated differently. Uh, and we've had tremendous success, not just with our special ed students, but with our general ed students, them learning compassion and understanding and empathy. Uh, and it's really changed the culture of the campus. That's awesome. So going back, um, we'll talk, we'll go more into that, the inclusion piece in a second. But going back when you were talking about AVID, some of our listeners may not be aware of what that is. It's actually an acronym. It stands for Achievement Via Individual Determination. And like you said, Mr. Collins, it's really meeting that student, that middle of the road student, right, that has that desire to go to college, but maybe not necessarily has the background knowledge of what they need to do to achieve those goals, right? They're first-time generation college students a lot of times. Yeah, AVID started out as, uh, as a program directed for the first college student in a family. That has changed over the last few years. What we've came, come to realize is that not only, uh, you know, although we have very successful families here, a lot of them aren't successful because they went to college. So they don't know the little ins and outs of how to apply and how to do a, a FAFSA and yeah, all those pieces. So that's new to them. So even though we've got students from very successful families, they still need help getting into college. Right. Uh, and then the other part of AVID, uh, it's more than just going to college, it's how teachers teach. So we use uh, what are called wicker strategies, where they're writing, inquiry, collaboration, organization, and research. So all that goes together for teaching the student how to learn, not just teaching them content. Right. So I, in my previous lifetime, I was an IB and AVID teacher at okay. one of our comprehensive sites. And so we would always share that with our colleagues that, well, these may be AVID strategies. They really are best teaching strategies that are really uh, useful school-wide. Right. And yeah. so the AP teachers, the IB teachers would start asking me for the resources I was using in my AVID class because they wanted to use those in their in those real uh, rigorous academic courses, because it really is great teaching. Correct. Okay. And that's the idea. That's why we're doing it school wide, as we want that uh, every student have that opportunity. 
Fantastic. And then going back to, we were talking about um, our special education students and that we're now looking more on the inclusion type of model. And again, for our listeners, you know, if you sat in high school, maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and for sure before that, uh, it tended to be a pullout method, right? Where our special ed students were pulled out. They weren't really included in general ed classes. It was more of a pullout and isolation, if you will. Now the philosophy is inclusion, right? Where you're including in the general ed and with that, a byproduct that maybe people didn't realize, as you mentioned, is a benefit to the general ed students as well, right? right? Because they're getting so much out of it as well. well. Maybe more so sometimes than the special ed students. Yes. Now, uh, I actually started my career teaching special ed, uh, and I was at a special ed school. So not only in the past did we not we, did we not include them in the classrooms? We didn't even allow them on our campuses. It was completely uh, wow. segregation. Wow. Uh, and those students weren't really welcome on a high school campus. Uh, and that's only 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been a pretty, pretty big change. Uh, so uh, what we're really trying to offer is a continuum. So uh, we don't want the students to be completely isolated in a single classroom. We also don't want them to only have the option to be in all general ed classrooms. Every student has different strengths and different needs. So we want to have a continuum where they can be in a standalone classroom if they need to. They can be in a general ed classroom with assistance, with support. And eventually our goal is to have them in a general ed classroom completely independent. And that would be our goal by the time they graduate. So then they can move on community college or or in some cases, possibly a four year college and still be successful there. That is so fantastic. And you've actually just been recognized for your efforts by the California School Board Association. Uh, a big congrats to you just last week. Right. You right. earned or you received the Golden Bell Award. Yes. Which is phenomenal. And in part to uh, part of this whole um, wave of inclusion is you have this phenomenal teacher, uh, Mrs. Kara Johnson, who started the unified program here on your campus. Some of you, our listeners may have heard of that, Unified Sports. We were the first unified school district in Orange County. Again, in large part, thanks to Kara and Tribuco Hills High School, you were one of the first schools here in Orange County to do that. And it started with Unified Sports, right? Where it's same same concept, where you have special needs students with general ed students competing on a team together uh, through different types of sports. I was here in the spring for your fantastic uh, field event you had. And then now you've spread that into arts, right? I was just here last week and saw your Unified Christmas Carol, which I have to tell you, was amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. No, it's it's a great program. Like I said, Kara does just a fantastic job, and she's one of those people you can't say no to. If she asks you to get involved, you, you just feel obligated because her kids are so wonderful and she's so passionate. So, uh, but yeah, we did the, uh, we started, actually, Unified Sports started out uh, in basketball, and that was our very first was unified basketball. Uh, and then we had a tournament here, played some other schools in the, in the district. We expanded to uh, unified track and field last year and actually participated in the uh, CIF finals uh, and were there with uh, four other schools. Uh, and so that was a great success, especially for the first year. Uh, and then we've also taken that concept and moved it into the classroom. So we have unified PE. Uh, we have Unified Art, and we also have United Sound, which is the uh, same concept. Two general ed students work with one uh, special needs student uh, learning to play a musical instrument. Uh, and it's absolutely fantastic to see those general ed students learn their instrument 
uh, more completely because they're teaching the student right. how to play and uh, and explaining the theory of the music and the rhythm and, and melodies and all that. So it makes them a better music student, but it also is a great connection with those special needs students to the campus. I can't say enough about this whole program. I mean, it blows my mind what you have been able to achieve here in such a short, relatively short amount of time, if you think about it, a few years yeah. of what you've taken and taken unified. So our big hats off to you, Mr. Collins and your staff and this whole school for what you've done. You're definitely paving the way and we're so proud of you on everything you're doing with that. Uh, of course. Um, so let's go ahead then and go into, uh, we talked about some specialty academic programs. What about some arts programs you here, have here on campus for those of our listeners who may have students that are interested in visual and performing arts? Yeah, we've got a little bit of everything. Our, our overall goal down the road would be to be known as the arts school. Uh, we have uh, one of the few programs I know of of any high school. We have two full drama programs. Oh, wow. So we have one that's geared more towards film and acting in the film uh, realm along with screenwriting. And then the other one's traditional drama, plays, musicals. So uh, we have one instructor for each. So those are two completely standalone programs. Uh, we've got uh, a fantastic art program. Uh, we've uh, had one of the winners of the Holocaust Award the last few years, which is, uh, I think it's not just art, it's a student uh, takes uh, writing from the Holocaust and creates art about that survivor's experience, uh, and they actually then get to meet the survivor that they've created the art about. Uh, and we've had winners the last, I think, uh, two of the last three years, uh, our winners have gone back to Washington, D.C. to tour the uh, Holocaust Museum uh, because they've won that. Uh, so it's a fantastic program because it also links writing to the art. And yeah. so we love that piece of it. Uh, and then we've got a ceramics program that uh, one of their highlights each year uh, is they do, it's called a shoe project. Then they create, make a shoe but again, it's not just the shoe. They have to write about the story behind the shoe. And some, sometimes kids make a copy of one of their baby shoes, uh, maybe a cleat from their sports uh, or a basketball shoe. And then they tell the story about why that shoe is important to them and what it meant in their life. So it's really not just surface level, right? You guys are really taking it, like you said about the Holocaust, it's really getting to know the survivor's story, for example. With the exactly. shoe, it's really getting to know the history behind whatever memory that is. It's not just a surface level, if Correct. you will. And I believe one of your ceramic students was recognized by the OC Register in the spring as an OC Artist of the Year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Josh Henslick, he was the uh, Orange County uh, Artist of the Year, which if you, if, if you don't know about that, art, yeah, for 3D, right. Uh, it, that's the equivalent of being the athlete of the year in the sports world. Right. So he's uh, about as good as they get. And uh, he was starting his own business, and he has, runs a kiln out of his own house. Oh, and oh, yeah, right? yeah, he, and he makes his own uh, own line of products. So that's yeah, and he uh, he got that inspiration from Mrs. Fate right here doing ceramics here. And then in arts, also another plug for you guys. I mean, you're just being recognized left and right, but your marching band was just well, I guess not just. It's been a while now. It seems yeah. like we were just here in your gym for a surprise announcement. You want to talk about that? Yeah, they were selected to uh, march in the Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade parade for next year, uh, 2020. Uh, so it uh, gave us about a year and a half lead time. So they're in the process of fundraising and doing all it takes getting ready for that. And that's no small feat to be selected for that. Oh, yeah. I believe uh, eight, eight schools each year, nationwide. I think, march. Yeah, nationwide. 
uh, and uh, I believe we're the only one from our district that's been selected. I believe from California. Oh, could be. I believe so. Oh, that's amazing. But, yeah, so that is a huge, huge deal. Being yeah. in the Mac- Everybody knows about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yeah. so make sure you turn in, tune in next Thanksgiving to see uh, the Tribuco Hills. What's your marching? Do you have a name for that? Thundering, the Thundering Herd. Okay, the Thundering Herd yeah. uh, next year on TV. All right, great. Let's talk about sports. Talk to us about some of your sports programs and some of your highlights from sports. Well, uh, like I said, with, kind of with uh, our theme at the school is we, we do real well in pretty much across the board. So we've had CIF championships in the last few years in football, uh, in uh, uh, track and field and cross country. Uh, we've had state uh, last year you had a state champion track and field, right? Right, yeah, high jumper, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we've had some... Un- Your Trey Munoz? Yep, in wrestling. Yeah, he was uh, national champion in wrestling. National, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not... You wouldn't uh, know us, I don't think, for any one sport, but we do... We excel in a, in a lot, uh, and we do a lot of great things with our girls' sports, too. So, we've uh, girls' soccer is always one of the top programs around. They're very solid. They were league champs last year. Uh, our softball program is on the upswing, and we're excited about that. Awesome. Uh, and then both lacrosse programs, boys and girls lacrosse, we've been uh, pretty dominant in that the last few years, which right. is kind of, it's fun because it's known as kind of like a private school sport, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but we, we mix it up right with all of them, and, uh, and our kids are very competitive, so we're very excited about them. It's fantastic. So, okay, we got a good general understanding, I think, about your special, your academic programs, your arts, your sports. That's fantastic. It sounds, you're right. It sounds like you have a little bit of everything for everybody and you excel at all of it. So that's great. Um, what about maybe some post high school pathways that are offered or pursued? Once they, you know, they're here for four years, what do you do to set them up for success once they leave here? Do you have any types of pathways that they can then continue pursuing post grad? Yeah, we've, uh, Probably our, our, our strongest one uh, would probably be our engineering uh, and design. We have a, a full pathway for uh, engineering drafting that can go either into architecture or it can go into manufacturing. Uh, all those courses are articulated with Saddleback College. So our students, uh, you know, we kind of like to think of it as a freeway with off-ramps. So you can <laughs> like stay on the freeway and uh, go all the way to a four-year and become an engineer. Or if you choose to get off earlier, you can, you know, you can walk right off the door uh, and become a draftsman uh, with the skills we teach here uh, and get a decent paying job. Or you can go to community college a little bit further and then get a higher level. Uh, But the idea is we want the students to have a pathway to get as far as they want to go. That's amazing. And we also we hear a lot from our community and they want to always want to know what type of um, career technical education do we offer? Right. Because they always right. We want to be able to give our students the option of going to a four year. But we know that not necessarily everybody's going to pursue that option. So it's great that you really do have multiple programs, especially this one that you just talked to us about with uh, engineering, that they can go ahead and start doing in class here while they're saying in Tribuco Hills High School. And that's amazing that they can actually just go and start getting a job right based off of what skill set they've learned here. That's yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah, that's great. Okay, um, as we wrap up this little segment, everybody likes to hear some highlights and uh, success stories. And I know you've already shared quite a few of what's happened here within your campus. But any success high school store uh, post high school stories that come to mind that you want to share? Maybe that would be interesting to share with our listeners. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Trey Munoz. Uh, you know, the fact that he was the first national champion in wrestling that was that was pretty wild. Uh, and he obviously uh, went to call or is going to college right now at Arizona. State on a full ride there. Uh, we've had uh, 
graduates uh, to every one of the Ivy League schools at one time or another. We've had, uh, actually we had a family, both their kids went to Harvard, which was, that was kind of fun. Uh, they were both ASB presidents who then went on to Harvard, which is, uh, is no easy feat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other one that we, we've got uh, two years now, we've had three different students uh, make it to the military academies. Nice. Uh, that is also not easy to do. Yeah, it's it's rare that you have one, right. uh, and we had one year uh, three years ago where we had one for the Navy, one for the Army, and one for the Air oh, Force. How cool is that? So we had one of each for each of the academies, and then last year uh, we had two brothers. Uh, one went Army, one went Navy, and then we had another student who went Navy. So. Uh, we didn't have quite the balance, but we still had the fact that we've got three in was fantastic. So the, uh, the military academies uh, have been uh, a great, I think, feather in our cap, kind of shows our kids are ready. And back, going back to the academics, that's really one of the important pieces of that is math. And we've got a very strong math department, and I think that really preps those students for that. That makes a big difference because math is such a challenge for so many students, yeah. me included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys have done a great job here at Tribuco. I mean, just seeing here, I, I know about a lot of it just because of the nature of what I do, but being able to hear it again in kind of a short little segment really makes you realize how much great work you're, you're doing here. It's phenomenal. Okay, last thing I'm going to ask you to do, Mr. Collins, for our listeners, give us your best little spiel about Tribuco Hills High School and why people should come to this school. You got like a few second commercial to do. You got an open mic, you go for it. Uh, well, I would say first and foremost, like you said, we do a lot of things. We do a lot of them well. But the reason is the, the quality of the families and the students. Uh, we've got, we draw from a great neighborhoods. Uh, they're fine people. Uh, they want their students here for the right reasons, which is to get a great education. Um, and they understand, as you mentioned, it's not all about just going to college. It's about knowing what you want to do when you get to college and being successful once you get there. Uh, so I think that's an important factor that we, that we drive home. Uh, and we don't, we don't want to send that message that you have to go to college. We want, if a student chooses not to go, that's fine as long as they know it's an it's a informed decision that they're making. Uh, but we work hard to drive that message home to our students and to our families that our job is to prepare them for whatever they want. And, and that's the path we lay out is their path, and we help them get to it. Uh, we don't try to force them one way or another, but we're fortunate. We have great kids, great families that really care about their kids and about how they turn out and the staff has bought into that and so it's a nice uh, nice marriage between the families and the staff and the administration and and i think we're moving forward in a lot of a lot of great directions because we've got a great community to work in Fantastic. So uh, as our, we wrap this little segment up, if you'd like some additional information on Tribuco Hills High School, you can go to our main website, svusd.org, and from there you can navigate to uh, Tribuco Hills High School. You can also go to svusd.org forward slash THHS, and that will take you straight to Tribuco Hills uh, website. From there, you can also view their tour dates that they'll have coming up at the beginning of the year. In January, I believe, is the tour dates. January, maybe early February. But again, check the website for... Uh, 
confirmed dates, and those are coming up quickly. They'd be happy to give you a tour of their great campus. Again, Mr. Collins, you are a busy man with your biggest high school in the district. You do a great job bringing it. You got a lot of students here, a lot of staff, a lot of great programs. So thank you again for being able to take some uh, time out of your busy schedule to speak with us and uh, go Mustangs. Happy to do it. Thank you. So thank you for listening to part four of a four-part series where we're taking an in-depth look at all of our high schools. If you'd like to learn about our other comprehensive sites, make sure you check out parts one, two, and three of episode four.